Loved ones, what's going on? I'm Bruce, and this is episode 34 of A Bigger Story. One more episode left in season one. That'll drop later this week, probably Thursday, maybe Friday, hopefully Thursday. And that'll be 35 episodes in season one. But who's counting? I'm counting because 35 episodes in the first season, not bad, right? When we come back for season two after the first of the year, we'll tail back to something a little more sane. Nobody wants to hear somebody else's voice that often. This episode of A Bigger Story is being recorded four days before Christmas Eve 2022. It's a busy time for a lot of people, for those who work. It's all about wrapping things up for the year, really, and hopefully getting to a place where you can just breathe, relax, and enjoy Christmas. There's that mad scramble to get Christmas shopping done. Others are celebrating Hanukkah, lighting candles, the light in the darkness increasing over eight nights as those eight candles are lit, placing the menorah in a window so that the whole world might witness this hopeful lighting, this growing light in the darkness. It evokes the words of Isaiah, the prophet, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shined. And it's a reminder, too, that there are people walking in darkness still. And that isn't only this time of year when Hanukkah and Christmas are being celebrated, but it seems to be especially so this time of year when the days are shorter and the nights are longer and some are literally benighted, overtaken by darkness. Just this morning, I was trading some text messages with my friend Brent, who serves as a hospice chaplain. Hospice chaplains and nurses, by the way, are, if you've ever experienced a hospice chaplain or a hospice nurse, you know they are among the true angels in our world. And Brent reminded me that their work, hospice chaplains, their work of tending to the dying and their families always seems to spike between Christmas and New Year's every year. All that to simply recognize that the holidays are special times for many, filled with wonderful memories and traditions and time, time with loved ones. And yet there are others always among us and with us, and maybe it's you. It's been me before, too, others who are grieving or ill or depressed some working the overnight shift at the all-night gas station convenience store who are not where they want to be on Christmas Eve? Can you think of a time recently when you've been where you did not want to be, either literally or figuratively? And a second question, do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Because the two questions are related. The first one is, can you think of a time recently when you've been where you did not want to be? either literally or figuratively. And the second question, do you have a favorite Christmas movie? How are they related? Because when you think about it, most Christmas movies revolve around someone being where they don't want to be. Rudolph doesn't want to be on the playground playing reindeer games because he gets teased and bullied, excluded. In A Christmas Story, Ralphie Parker's pal Flick doesn't want to be standing there with his tongue stuck to a light pole 
And Ralphie on Christmas morning when he accidentally shoots his eyeglasses with his Red Ryder BB gun, just as his mother warned him would happen, and then steps on and crushes his glasses. He's not where he wants to be. George Bailey doesn't want to be in Bedford Falls and It's a Wonderful Life. Not at the beginning of the movie and not throughout almost the entire movie, especially after the building and loan fails. And poor old Charlie Brown in A Charlie Brown Christmas. He keeps finding himself where he doesn't want to be. And he says to his buddy Linus, I think there must be something wrong with me, Linus. Christmas is coming, but I'm not happy. I don't feel the way that I'm supposed to feel. I just don't understand Christmas, I guess. I like getting presents and sending Christmas cards and decorating trees and all that, but I'm still not happy. I always end up feeling depressed. And Linus responds, Charlie Brown, you're the only person I know who can take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. Maybe Lucy's right. Of all the Charlie Browns in the world, you're the Charlie Brownest. Charlie Brown doesn't want to be at the Christmas play he's been put in charge of directing when Lucy and the others make fun of him and refuse to cooperate. He doesn't want to be around his little sister Sally complaining about her toys or around Snoopy when Snoopy blings out his doghouse with those Christmas lights. And when Charlie Brown shows up at the Christmas play rehearsal with that pathetic, drooping little Christmas tree and he's teased unmercifully by his so-called friends, He's once again where he does not want to be. I'm in sad shape, he bemoans. I feel depressed. I know I should be happy, but I'm not. Christmas, I don't understand it. Instead of feeling lifted up, I feel let down. I know nobody likes me. Why do we have to have a holiday to emphasize it? I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? And that's when Linus steps in and saves the day. Sure, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. There's those lights again. And cue the spotlight. And Linus, arms spread, his security blanket draped over one arm, begins to recite. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Indeed it is. For shepherds working the overnight shift in the cold, dark fields, tending their flocks by night not where they wanted to be. For Joseph and Mary, who get turned away from lodging, no room in the inn, and end up in a manger next to the animals, they can't have been where they wanted to be. So what if this is, in part, what Christmas is all about? That divine love, divine hope, divine light shines in the darkness 
and shows up for us most especially when we find ourselves where we don't want to be. For any this Christmas who are grieving, grieving the loss of a loved one, battling back against a cancer diagnosis, exhausted by the division and frustrated by the political rhetoric in our world, this is where divine love manages to show up. And not necessarily with a way out of the place we don't want to be, but with a way to reappraise it, a way to transform it. How? In this way, that just maybe the Christmas story, at least part of the Christmas story, is that God shows up to people who are where they don't want to be. And God shows up to people who are where they don't want to be as a newborn, vulnerable baby. God shows up as gentleness, tenderness. When the challenges and burdens and griefs of life leave us where we don't want to be, what if the Christmas story is meant in part to coax us to look for the gentleness, the tenderness, to look for the small start that arrives for us, a small start that helps us make a way out of no way? The Roman Catholic Jesuit priest, Father Greg Boyle, is the founder and director of Homeboy Industries, which is the largest gang intervention and rehabilitation program in the world. It's based in Los Angeles. He puts it this way, tenderness is the strongest thing there is. If love is the answer, community is the context, tenderness is the methodology, the delivery system. Tenderness is the most reflective of the kind of God we have. I love that. Tenderness is the delivery system. And isn't that exactly what we see in this Christmas story? Jesus is born. All tenderness, all vulnerability, all newness for people who are where they don't want to be. A story that whispers through this baby, the Christ child, don't give up. I'm right here, right here with you, for you. Don't give up. There's this scene towards the end of A Charlie Brown Christmas when Charlie Brown places a single red ornament on his pathetic little Christmas tree and the tree droops and buckles. Charlie Brown has failed again. Everything I touch gets ruined, he says. And that's when Linus says to Charlie Brown, I never thought it was a bad little tree. It's not bad at all, really. Maybe it just needs a little love. And that's when Linus takes his security blanket, which he has until now repeatedly refused to let go of, and he wraps his blanket around the base of the tree. And then some of the others appear and take some ornaments and lights from Snoopy's doghouse. And together, they transform that pathetic little tree into something beautiful. They gaze at it silently for a moment and then softly begin to sing. That's the Christmas story, that all the meanness and self-centeredness has stopped, melted away 
transformed for all of us by a humble, fragile life. What seemed dark and defeating about the world gets turned upside down. It's not bad at all, really, as Linus says. Maybe it just needs a little love. Our world just needs a little love. Maybe that's the secret for our world this Christmas. For my world, for yours, for the whole world. A little love. A little light. Eight candles lit on consecutive nights on menorahs and windows. A symbol that the light is increasing in the darkness. A poor child born under a star in the east. A symbol that the light is increasing in the darkness. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. One more Jesuit priest. Those Jesuits seem to have it going on. This one's name was Alfred Delp, and he gave his life in the German resistance of World War II. He once said this, Light your candles, quietly, such candles as you possess, wherever you are. Merry Christmas. Stay in touch, Bruce, at brucecole.tv. Remember, you are loved.